0: So by now you've heard that I wrote a book. Caffeinate Your Soul, 52 Monday Mantras has been my book baby for about two years now. And it is finally almost time to get your hands on a copy. Caffeinate Your Soul is now available for pre-order on Amazon.com and at Barnes & Noble online. And it officially releases on May 5th. So you can have a celebratory Cinco de Mayo margarita virtually with me while we dive into this thing together. I wanted to devote an entire Thrive episode to chatting Caffeinate Your Soul with you to give you a bit about the book, short but really to take you behind the scenes with me for a little look at the making of Caffeinate Your Soul. I know before I got into it, I knew virtually nothing about publishing a book or becoming an author. I had so many questions and while there's so much information out there on Google, it can be so totally overwhelming to sit there and attempt to swim through it all without drowning in information overload. So I guess first a bit about the book itself for any of you tuning in who might have no idea what the heck Cabinet Your Soul is. Well, it's not your average chapter book by any means. There aren't even chapters. Inside are 52 Monday mantras. So it's written to follow you through an entire year, really a year's worth of Mondays. Why Mondays? Well, because Mondays are the worst. (laughs) If I had a dime every time I heard someone say, oh, it's Monday, or swear they needed a gallon of coffee to get through the day, I'd be retiring tomorrow. It's kind of the same as New Year's resolutions, right? We have this preconceived idea of what the new year means or what we're supposed to do, and we put pressure on ourselves to get it right. And if or when it doesn't go as planned, we call it quits altogether and give up or say we'll just try again next year. But, and maybe we're seeing this now with the global pandemic and crisis we're facing, we don't always get a next year. Heck, we don't always get a next week, or even a tomorrow. And maybe that sounds morbid, and it probably is, but it's real and it's the truth. We have to stop planning for tomorrow like it's promised or guaranteed, and instead start making the very most of today. And I need you to understand right now what a big statement that is coming from me, a chronic overplanner and overthinker who has plans for tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next year. Like, girl, I get it. <laughs> we like to plan things. So this isn't to say don't make plans or have hope in the future because that would be silly and probably impossible. We need hope. We need things to look forward to in life and things to get us excited about what's coming. The point is to not forsake the now for the next because what's next isn't guaranteed, but right now is for my time doing what I do and getting the opportunity to talk with so many incredible women all over the country and world. I have seen so many women fail to see the magic and the potential right in front of their faces because they're battling the worry of the what ifs they're hung up on the hard things instead of being grateful for the good things. And they've got society's idea of who they should be or who they are, weighing more than who God says they should be or who they are. And I'm just not okay with that. Like I always say, it's not enough to simply survive. You deserve to thrive. And when I say that, I don't just mean you deserve to thrive on days you feel like it or days that don't have hard things or days that are the weekend or days that involve chips and dip and a really good margarita, although that always helps. (laughs) You deserve to thrive every day, every damn day that ends in Y. I knew I needed to create something that could help you get to that place, something that could walk with you through a longer period of time to be there for the inevitable ups and downs of everyday life. But also something that didn't feel overwhelming or just like another to-do on your endless list, which... I admittedly sometimes feel when I'm trying to manage a daily devotional and daily journaling and daily everything else in its mother all before my daughter wakes up. So Caffeinate Your Soul was born from this idea that we can attack our day with intention to feel better and be better, and we can start with one day a week, the one day that many of us might dread the most. We can start with that one day, Monday, and we can start shifting the script and changing the narrative and changing our perspectives about that one day. We start with one. And instead of worrying about keeping up a resolution or a goal for an entire year right off the bat, we just set our sights on day one. We take the one days that we've been stockpiling in our brains and on our hearts and we start now on day one. It doesn't matter if it's the 17th Monday of the year. Heck, it doesn't even really matter if it's Monday. If Wednesday is the day you hate the most, screw Monday and read it then instead. (laughs) The point is equipping you with these sip-sized bits of encouragement, stories of hope, and real tips and ways to make your Mondays more meaningful and manageable. You might not be a changed person tomorrow. You might not be made anew next week. And that's okay. You've got a whole year to get it right. You've got a whole year, 52 Mondays, to start again to recommit to yourself, to make it happen, and then make it happen again and again and again, because practice might not ever make totally perfect, but practice makes a habit. And when we make good habits we keep, we have this whole new superpower within us to turn our changed days into changed weeks, into changed years, into changed lives. Okay, so each mantra is short and sweet, It's only a few pages, so you can read it with your morning cup of coffee, since that's fitting. (laughs) And each mantra has a colorful illustration with it to help all of my visual learners like me in the house really solidify it in your brain so you can recall and remember it throughout the rest of your week. And then, every so often in the book, we have got a quarterly check-in with a few questions to get you thinking and remembering what you've read so far. You can even journal inside the book if you want, if that's how you learn best, and write down your thoughts and answers to check in with yourself and watch your progress as the year goes on. There's also some quotables throughout that are pulled and highlighted in case you weren't feeling the hottest one Monday and maybe speed read something or just forgot. I worked with the publishing team and my own to really figure out some key takeaways that were worth repeating in this bigger quoted way so that if you needed just a sentence or two reminder, you've got it. All right, so with that, let's dive into some behind the scenes of the making of Caffeinate Your Soul. I first had the idea to write a book actually from a follower of my blog. I remember doing an Instagram Live a few years back and someone just casually said in it, hey, would you ever consider writing a book? And it really stuck with me because I never really thought of myself as someone who could be a published author. Which is silly in and of itself because we all are capable of things we don't think we can do right now. And that's because for some of those, we can't right now. They're things that we're working towards and preparing for and being prepared for in other ways now. But I always kept it in my back pocket and started doing some research. I was researching a lot of the publishing houses that brought so many of my favorite books to life that I knew were in a sort of similar style as to what I was envisioning for my own first book, since the style and genre is important, and that's a big part of how publishing houses choose what to publish at a given time. But I was a bit discouraged right off the bat because I didn't have an agent, and I didn't feel like I had the time. In traditional publishing world, you can easily spend years trying to get in front of publishers, And I had heard so many stories from friends who just heard no after no after no before eventually just self-publishing because they had a story they needed to tell. And that's how I felt. Caffeinate Your Soul isn't my memoir or anything, but it's something I needed to get out there for women sooner rather than later. One of my best friends had written a children's book a few years prior, and I remembered us talking about her process. It was interesting to me because she had kept so much creative control throughout the whole thing, which was really important to me for this project in particular in doing what I do online every day already. So, my publisher is what's called a hybrid publisher. It's basically a cross between self publishing and traditional publishing, in that you have the support and you need the approval from a publishing team, but you retain a lot more creative control throughout the process, as with self publishing. I knew this was probably the best case for me for this specific project and for my first book, since so much of the ideation behind Caffeinate Your Soul stemmed from my blog, Coming Up Roses. Especially since I have an established voice online and readers are really familiar with how I sound and write online, I was nervous that a traditional publisher may try to change some key elements of that, and I feared it wouldn't end up sounding like me. Being authentic and honest and open on the internet is always my top priority because there is just enough bullcrap out there of people pretending to be perfect or have these perfect lives or perfect partners or perfect houses. And perfect just isn't real. So if there was any sort of disconnect between the tone of my book and the tone of everything else I have out there online, that wouldn't be okay with me. And I wouldn't be able to put my name on something that didn't feel real to me. So I figured that the hybrid publishing route was likely the best bet for my first book. Obviously, I think with any aspiring author, the ultimate goal and dream is to write more than one book and to get paid to do what you love, love, love so much, to get a literary agent and land a book deal for a few books and have this set in stone plan for your future as an author. So my hope from the start was that a hybrid publisher would be a great stepping stone in that direction, where I would have this published book baby sooner rather than later that would or could hopefully catch the eye and spark the interest of bigger publishing houses that might be a good fit for future work together. My top priority was making sure this book was exactly what I needed and wanted it to be for you that you would hopefully love and swear by it as much as I do, and that someone out there could see that, see how important and valuable and useful it is for all of the women who get their hands on it. And maybe men? I mean, heck, my pop read half the book in one day and my dad's just about done with his copy too. (laughs) Once I got on the phone with the publisher, they loved my idea and wanted me on board. So I actually had a really, really quick turnaround time to get my manuscript into them. In traditional publishing world, you might have a year, maybe more. I had two weeks, (laughs) literally. I essentially caved myself off and just wrote for two weeks straight. My eyes hurt, my fingers hurt, I had a headache, and I couldn't talk about it online at that point yet. So a few folks thought something bad had happened to me. (laughs) Now, really, I had two weeks just based off of the projected timeline that we were originally aiming for, which eventually changed, as many things do but to hit that timeline, that was all I had. If we had dragged it out more, I could have hypothetically had more time, but that was just the deadline with the printers that we were trying to make. So once it was submitted to the publisher, it went through an editing process on their end, which was actually pretty iterative back and forth because of how much creative control I had maintained. And beyond that, the publisher's graphic design team had to get started bringing my vision to life for all of the hand-drawn illustrations inside. So now this process turned out to be so much longer and so much more tedious than I originally envisioned because as you can probably guess, getting two teams on the exact same page with every little detail of 52 drawings while only communicating about them over email can be a bit challenging. I mean, there were some instances where I hand drew things myself to send to the team to try to explain the vision in my head and bring it to life on paper. I was nitpicking everything from colors to fonts to if a letter G looked more like a letter B or if spacing was off or anything. They probably thought I was crazy, but I was just hell bent on making this thing what I knew it could be and what I thought the eventual future readers of it deserved it to be, especially if it was going to be something that was sitting on their coffee table or desk for an entire year. It had to be beautiful and inspiring and fun and worth that coveted position, so I needed to make it right. In the meantime, while all of this was happening over email, I had to figure out the front cover. I had a few different visions for the front cover of my book from the get-go. First, I tried for a coffee shop latte vibe. Instagram-worthy latte art on a cozy coffee cup, sitting on a neat little table that screams get lost here for a Tuesday, you know? (laughs) I went to a local cafe, and apparently not a one barista present knew how to make latte art, but Lord help us all, they were willing to try. And try they did. They got something resembling art, and we called it a day, and I took about 152 shots with my own camera, standing on the table like a crazy person in the coffee shop. My publisher's design team started playing around with title text, but nothing was clicking. I didn't love anything. Frankly, I didn't even really like anything. And it definitely didn't have the right creative vibe for the project. So I scratched it entirely and tried to come up with something that better embodied this very active idea of caffeinating your soul. I mean, caffeinating itself is an action. It's the actual pouring into of your cup, and in this case, your soul. So it had to feel like being poured into, am I right? So next, I envisioned two coffee cups cheersing together. Ideally, two iced coffees with beautifully swirling insides of coffee meeting cream for this very active feel of fueling up with a girlfriend. In my head, it spoke to what this book really feels like for me, and hopefully for you too. A long-anticipated coffee date with your bestie. I paid a butt ton of money to a professional photographer in the hopes of making it happen. The first mistake was entrusting Starbucks with the coffee order before driving to a photography studio. (laughs) We ended up with black coffee and cups of cream, which was not the key to a beautiful swirling cheer shot. Instead, we got what looked like lukewarm coffee and hands. (laughs) It didn't feel right, it didn't look right, and heck, the text didn't fit right either. My next thought felt like a winner-winner chicken dinner, but I knew I really wanted my mom to help bring it to life. So my mom actually shoots the vast majority of content on Coming Up Roses with me because she moonlights as my photographer. She is so good and she has such a natural eye, so I knew that she would just get my creative idea. And she also has a make-it-happen mindset, like me, where we could shoot and shoot until we got it right. So... We did exactly that. We took a Saturday afternoon and hit the streets, literally. (laughs) My dad brought over a crap ton of old Maxwell House coffee, enough for pictures upon pictures of the stuff, caffeinating not just our souls, but the whole dang neighborhood. I grabbed a few mugs and we just started shooting. I was pouring coffee from above as my mom captured everything. The whole cul-de-sac smelled like a fresh brew and was literally flowing through the storm drains, so I think elderly neighbors might have confused our photo shoot for an espresso rain. We tried so many different iterations of a shot before landing on what we loved and what you see on the cover today, which was shot in front of our garage. This is so encouraging to me and hopefully to you for a few reasons. First. You don't need to pay a lot of money or have a lot of resources to make something worthwhile and beautiful. I mean, this isn't a no-brainer. There's art around us every day made from nothing at all. The best shot wasn't the one that cost way too much money in a professional studio or even the one that involved an overly-priced vanilla latte prop. It came from cheap jugs of old Maxwell House in my driveway. If you have the vision and find the talent, you can make it happen money won't be your breaking point. Just make the most with whatever you've got, whenever and wherever you've got it. Second, my mom was really scared of the word professional photographer. She didn't go to photography school. She's a nurse by trade and a freaking great one at that. She taught herself everything she knows on a camera from Instagram and YouTube and a whole lot of Googling. My point is that never did she ever think that she'd be taking a picture with a camera that would end up on the cover of a book on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble and whatever other shelves this bad boy ends up. But she works so hard and doesn't quit and just does the dang thing, and look at that. Don't let yourself be limited by labels and titles. Follow your passion and work really freaking hard at it whenever you possibly can. Don't shy away admitting when you don't know something. That's what gives you the chance to figure it out or to do a little digging and learn something new. My mom has never assumed that she was too good to study from someone and I frequently catch her at my house flipping through the little paper manual that comes in the camera box. She's a constant student at the craft, always down to experiment and frequently critiquing her own work to see how she can improve in the future. All that to say, it makes it all the more special to me that my very first book is covered by the most beautiful, epic shot that my mom took on my camera in our driveway. Just like I started my blog as a broke college student in a too-tiny dorm room and not as some city-going socialite Martha Stewart wannabe living off of a rich husband. It just speaks to not needing to be the stereotypical definition of professional before doing something pretty dang pro. So once the final manuscript was at a point where everyone was satisfied and it felt done and ready, it was off to the printers. And from there, it's a few more months and then you get a release date. In the meantime, it becomes available for pre-orders online, which is the state we're in now, where you can hop on Amazon or Barnes and Noble online and put in your pre-order, which helps let the retailers and publisher know what kind of interest there will be in the book when it actually releases. So it's really important for things like Amazon's bestseller list to help get the word out when the book is actually available for prime shipping. For folks who pre-order, the book automatically just ships right to you on release day. So here we are. <laughs> it is so absolutely crazy and surreal to me to hold this beautiful little 8x8 hardcover book in my hands that was such a labor of love, love, love for so long, knowing how much went into it from so many people and how much support was there to get it to where it is today. I hope this was a helpful or fun or inspiring episode to tune into today to see a bit of the behind the scenes of what it took to bring caffeinate your soul to life. And a huge, huge, huge thank you to each and every single one of you who have already pre-ordered the book. It is so, so helpful to authors to do that, and such a big show of support that just means the world to me. I wouldn't have been able to make caffeinate your soul happen, as I did, if it weren't for you, for everyone who reads coming up roses and follows along with my life and hangs out with me online every day. So I hope it really serves you the way you deserve to be served in your everyday life, at least on Mondays. (laughs) So today and every day, I lift my mug and cheers to you. Cheers to writing books and making things happen, and cheers to choosing to becoming a better version of yourself. Not next year, not tomorrow, but right now, no matter the day of the week. Cheers to caffeinating your soul. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes, Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Lagenza, with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.